JoeVertigan.com. This is episode number six. Podcast series interview is with uh, longtime Wisconsin International Raceway owner and general manager, Roger Vandalwick. And now, Roger, we're going to talk about, uh, we call it the traditional Tuesday biggie. Uh, it started out as the Dixieland uh, 250. It was always that traditional, that first Tuesday in August, and it's changed a little bit over the years. You know, our, it was Artco, then it was Re NASCAR Remax Challenge Series. The Dixieland was a big deal. You were always able to get some NASCAR guys in. Talk about that and Artco President John McCarns, how that concept ever came to fruition. Well, uh, John McCarns, uh, he bought the Artco Series from Art Friegel. But before he did that, John McCarns also announced races. And John came up and did some of the red, white, and blues for my dad. Sure. And once he got art gold, he, him and dad talked about it. And he says, I'm going to have my own traveling series, the Art Gold Challenge Series. And dad says, okay, well, we're going to fit those in at WIR. Here's the red, white, and blue dates. And my spring opener and my fall race, let's make something fit. Sure. Someplace in there. So John always tried to do the Memorial Day special. The Arco show is usually, I think it started out as the High Rev 150. Yes, it was. I believe that's what it was called. And, <clears throat> and then he did another one later in the year in August. Well, the one in August, he said, well, you know, on a Tuesday night, the NASCAR guys are off. We can get some of those guys to come in here and race. And, you know, you'd have to pay them, but whatever. If they didn't have cars, you'd rent them a car. But John was very good at doing that. And, uh, okay, it's north versus south, north versus south. We're going to have the northern stars versus the southern stars. And they came up with the Artco Dixieland 250. Sure. Wow. And it was so back then, talk about the rentals. I know Gene Wheeler was one to rent cars once in a while. I remember Neil Bonnet in particular. Do you remember what kind of deals were involved with that? Like, would you give them, you know, free tires, pit passes? I mean, what, what kind of what kind of turkey was tossed around there? Do you remember any deals back then, what they well, were worth? Not really what they were worth, because John always did most of that stuff on his own. Sure. But I know there was a, a crash clause in there. If the car gets wrecked, you own it. Right. You blow the motor up, repair it. Sure. Um, if it just nicks and bangs, don't worry about it. But, yeah, they bring the car in. Okay, you're in the pits. The, all the tires you need, your fuel, that was all part of the deal. Sure. Plus a rental on the car. Right. A flat rate rental. And, and John pretty much said, this is what I'm paying to rent the car, plus the crash clause and everything else. And the guys that rented the cars would look at who's driving them, and they said, I'm really not worried because... <laughs> you're putting some big superstars in our cars. Right. I'm really not worried about these guys wrecking them. So who are some of the earliest NASCAR drivers that would come up to WIR and race and compete in the Dixieland shows? Well, uh, one in particular, uh, Mark Martin. I mean, Dick Trickle was a rookie at NASCAR. Dick was already running all the shows, so he was there. Um, he was Dale a 48-year-old rookie, too, yeah, you yeah. remember? <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. was here, uh, Rusty Wallace. Of course, Rusty ran the Arco shows before. <clears throat> he was a big NASCAR star also. Right. But um, uh, Ted Musgrave, which, once again, another guy right from here. Well, he was, ran second to Kowicki in points in 1980, running for Bob Herrick. Yes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys already raced here, 
won here and went to NASCAR and became stars. Right. I look at uh, uh, Matt Kenseth. Right. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, he raced for <clears throat> Mike and Patty Butts for years uh, in a number eight car down here. And, yes. And uh, I always said to him, when you make it big, don't forget where you come from. Sure. Isn't that something? And he says, oh, that'll never happen. I'll yeah. look at him. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the... Uh, you said Rusty Wallace showed up one time just to watch the races. You said you saw him eating a bratwurst and drinking beer just out of the blue? Yeah, well, a couple of times while Kenny was up here racing, and, and I guess Rusty didn't have nothing to do. He was here, and he's sitting there, and I invited him. I said, come on upstairs, sit up in the press box. So they, he came upstairs, and he said, I really like these brats, and, and he enjoyed his Miller Lite. And, uh, right. Yeah, he's just having a good old time watching the races and of course, people spotted him up there then, and sure. they're, they're trying to hand kids up to get an autograph and stuff. <laughs> now, those guys were a little more accessible back then, though, were they not, than compared to now? Right. I mean, uh, now it's, you can't get near them. But back then, yeah, you could. I mean, uh, lots of drivers that, that were up here, I mean, Sterling and... Uh, Sterling Marlin, yeah, yeah, he ran, I think he ran for Butts, too. Mike yep. Butts, maybe. Yep. Those guys... Uh, I remember uh, John put together a show. McCarns. McCarns. Yep. He put together a show, uh, Monday Night Thunder, because the Days of Thunder movie just came out. So you're talking 1990 or 91-ish, right. I want to say. Yep. Yeah. Days of Thunder that was filmed at Daytona, and we were down there when they were doing it. Sure. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but right. we're down there, and so he decides, let's have a Monday Night Thunder, and Days of Thunder debuted on Sunday sure. in the theaters. Our race is on Monday. Okay. Him and Jody Deary partnered. Those two partnered on bringing all the talent in. This was at Kakana. At Kakana. Okay. And then I'm a third party. I'm supplying the racetrack. Sure. And so it was kind of a three-way deal, and it was a big success. Wow. Who are some of the drivers they brought in for that one, do you remember? Was this the one with Michael Waltrip? No. Yeah. That, that was, or was that later, maybe? No, I believe uh, Michael Waltrip was also there. Um Bill, awesome Bill. Oh, Bill Elliott was yep. at Kakana. Bill sure. Elliott, yeah, he was there. There was uh, Sterling Marlin, and uh, there's two more. There was five drivers that were there. Um, I, I don't remember who the other ones were, but it was cool because they went down and they ran their own match race in cars that were, we didn't have to rent them. The guys just supplied them. Here, take my car. They fitted them up with seats and everything. They went out and ran their race, and then afterwards they came up and signed autographs. A low-key deal, but the fans loved it. Mm -hmm. And the <clears> whole movie is on Sunday, opening up, and then the race is Monday. Who runs a race on a Monday night? John McCarns. Yeah. John was, <laughs> I tell you, John was a very good promoter in many ways. Um, I remember going with Thursday night races. He'd be there weeks in advance, personally handing out you know little flyers and stuff, yep. promoting that race weeks in advance. Uh, right. John was very good at that. Yeah, very good, and a very good teacher. Uh, his son Greg does the same thing. Sure. Um, I I'm down in Florida with John and Sue. We're at the RPM meetings at Daytona, and I asked them. I says tonight after the meetings, we got to take a little sidebar, get in a room by yourself. I need a couple hours of your time. I want to talk to you about something important. Sure. And I talked to John, 
And uh, that was after my dad passed away. Right. And at that time, I was leasing WIR because somebody had to. Right. Or was going to be gone. Right. And I says, I asked him, I says, do you think I can do it? Sure. And we went through everything. And I walked out of that meeting, and I called the accountants when I, as soon as I got home. Sure. I says, I'm buying it. Wow. And, and That's that huge. It. I mean, he convinced me to buy WIR and convinced me that I could actually do it. Sure. And that was 1984. Wow. That's crazy. And now look at Full Circle. You had kind of a same meeting with Greg McCarns when he bought Madison, right? Right. Yeah. Wow. Um, Greg and I were over at uh, Eau Claire, I think it was, wherever uh, Quick Trip was uh, started. Sure. We were at a, a power meeting, and we're talking, talking. He says, you know, I would really like to uh, buy Madison. I said, well, what did he want for it? And he told me, I said, well, that isn't that bad. I said, it's a pretty big-sized piece of property right. in, a, in a good location. And I says it's a well-known track, and I, I says you can do it. I know you can. And and at the same time, he was kind of getting involved in taking over the uh, Arkham Midwest tour. Sure. So, it's which way you want to go. He said, I want them both. I said you got to start someplace first. You got to start <coughs> with one. Right. So and he did that, and uh, very successful. And him and Angie, they did such a great job, and still are, and with the tour also. Sure. With that, we'll wrap up episode number six.